Welcome to Relationship Workout for Men, a podcast dedicated to helping men be intentional in choosing a better partner and being a better partner for the person they choose. Season 16, Episode 4, How Much Drama is Too Much? This is the third of three episodes where we explore answering the fundamental question, how good you think your relationship is, by exploring your comfort level with the amount of drama in your relationship. After all, given no matter how strong our relationship skills become, we will all play it weak at times. None of us can be a saint 24-7, and none of us can be expected to have forever eliminated all our demons. We're all, to some extent, an emotional work in progress. What this means is that you will likely always have some level of conflict and drama in your relationship. You will always have issues in need of resolving. Nothing and nobody are perfect. So now what? Is your relationship so weak that you might be better served packing it up, giving each other one last respectful hug? Time to close the door behind you without regret and without second guessing your decision. No looking back. This horse is beyond dead. Time to move on and get to an emotional place where you're open to finding yourself a stronger match? Or is your relationship strong enough that it's worth fighting for with an unbending commitment to figuring out how to make things even stronger? You appreciate what you have together and don't want to lose sight of all the great stuff going on here. Stay the course, identify remaining weaknesses on both your parts, and put your newfound strengths to work. So how do you know if what you have together is strong enough to keep fighting the good fight? How much is too much conflict and drama? How many unresolved issues is too many? One, how comfortable are you with the level of conflict and drama in your relationship? In other words, is the quantity of issues in your relationship too much for your long-term comfort level? I call the quantity of issues the level of relationship drama. And two, are your issues always getting resolved? Or are you too becoming buried in unresolved accumulating problems. I call this the level of issue resolution. By answering these two questions uniquely for the two of you, you'll both be in a much better position to answer the fundamental question of how good you think your relationship is. This is because you'll be able to answer if there's too much conflict and drama in your relationship and or too many unresolved issues for your long-term taste. Let's first discuss in more detail the level of relationship drama before turning our attention to the level of issue resolution. Okay, level of relationship drama. Again, those inevitable weaknesses we all have can lead us to create issues that can turn into conflict and drama. Not to mention, when our partner creates issues through her relationship weaknesses, our own weaknesses can kick in and just make things worse. Indeed, it can be difficult to keep your cool when the person you love has lost hers. So, how much relationship drama are you comfortable with in the long term? Said another way, we all have a certain level of conflict and resulting drama that we can comfortably live with in the long run. In other words, what is your drama pain threshold? For some, they, they don't just don't like conflict. They need a relatively low level of drama. For others, they may feel that a day without conflict is like a day without passion, so they may be quite content with a relatively higher level of drama than what others might be able to bear. Sometimes one's comfort level is a bit fluid. If you're in the first few months of new love's honeymoon bliss, for example, well, then you might tolerate a bunch more conflict than you might once the relationship is settled into a more realistic day-to-day -day routine. There are two societal averages around an individual's anger. For example, if you get angry one or two times a week, then you're considered 
about average according to one source. If your anger lasts some time less than two hours, then you're also about average. However, no one is an average. Indeed, each person has his or her own unique set of needs when it comes to conflict comfort level. Put another way, just because your comfort level might be different than someone else's or some national average, doesn't make your comfort level good, bad, or ugly. It just makes it unique to you. In any case, what's important is for you to be very clear about what your conflict comfort level needs are and then honor this level when choosing a long-term relationship. After all, if you're with someone where the amount of conflict is above your drama pain threshold, well then you might be seriously challenged trying to sustain years of this much conflict. To represent this visually, there is the conflict comfort level diagram that you can find on relationshipworkout.com resources. At one end of the spectrum, there is a low level relationship drama. This is a strong place for a relationship to be because it represents the level of conflict that you're comfortable experiencing week in and week out. On the other end of the spectrum, well, there's a high level relationship drama that is painful for you because it's above your comfort level. Unless you're into pain, this is a weak place to be and hard to sustain month after month. Finally, there is a level of drama that represents living on the edge. If you have this level of conflict with your partner, well, you're at risk. This is because if the drama gets any worse, you could venture into a painful place. So what is your conflict comfort level? To help us answer this question, let's break down what is conflict a bit more. To objectively measure your comfort with the level of conflict in your relationship, it helps to create a model. You can then gauge the level of drama in your relationship against this model. In Doyle Gentry's book, Anger Free, 10 Basic Steps to Managing Your Anger, he defines toxic anger syndrome. Toxic anger syndrome is used to describe how much anger an individual has. It consists of the following three components. One, frequency, on average, how often do you get angry? Two, duration, on average, how long do you stay angry? And three, intensity, on average, how intense is your anger? Gentry then defines one's toxic anger by the following equation. Toxic anger equals frequency times duration times intensity. Certainly, frequency, duration, intensity can be applied to conflict in a relationship as well. After all, fights between couples happen at a certain frequency for a certain length of time and at a certain intensity. However, what about negative thoughts? As Gottman describes, even negative thoughts can reflect conflict albeit unspoken conflict, at least at the time. Therefore, if one is thinking negative thoughts about the other person, then this can fuel and or reflect conflict in the relationship, even if it's only happening in one person's mind. Furthermore, I make the connection that each bout with conflict is also a bout with drama. Therefore, taking Doyle and Gottman's lead, I define relationship drama as relationship drama equals the frequency times duration times intensity times the negativity. The four contributing components of this model are defined as follows. One, frequency. On average, how often do you two have conflict with each other? Two, duration. On average, when you two have conflict, how long are the arguments? Number three, intensity. On average, when you two have conflict, how intense are the arguments? And four, negativity. On average, how often do you have negative thoughts towards her? We now have a model for objectively measuring a relationship's level of conflict. Next, we need a way to objectively measure your comfort level in each of these four areas, along with a way to score the relationship's actual conflict level. However, before we do that, 
we need to discuss the level of issue resolution. Most of all of the self-created, externally generated issues that fuel drama need to get resolved, for instance through action or letting go, otherwise they risk accumulating into relationship baggage, feeding negative thoughts about each other. For simplicity, I define five fundamental issue resolution levels. There's never, occasionally, frequently, usually, and always. As you can probably guess, occasionally implies you two only occasionally resolve the underlying issues. Frequently implies frequently, usually implies usually, and always implies always. Now it's time to tie the level of relationship drama and issue resolution back to relationship quality. Earlier in this season, in season one, I defined the relationship gauge of quality, or RGQ, with the three basic relationship quality states. They're strong, average, and weak. Now we can map these three states into the RGQ matrix with the level of relationship drama on the y-axis and the level of issue resolution on the x-axis. Go to relationshipworkout.com resources to download the image. But in words, a strong quality relationship occurs when you have a comfortably low level of drama and issues are always getting resolved, which appears on the top right corner of the RGQ matrix. When this happens, you give each other time and energy to maximize the amount of fun you have together. On the other hand, the relationship with weakest quality is when you two have a high level relationship drama and issues are rarely getting resolved. This is shown on the lower left of the RGQ. In this environment, it's extremely difficult to want to spend time together as far too often it results in arguments. Also, chemistry typically dies as sexual fun dies with it. Finally, an average quality relationship happens when you're living on the edge, barely comfortable with the level of drama you're experiencing. You're picking your difficult conversation battles, which often turn into arguments around issues where it's likely hit or miss whether the issues get resolved. When you have an average quality relationship, you run the risk of finding yourselves just tolerating each other, as slowly there will be less interest in trying to have fun together. When this happens, you start to look at each other more as roommates, not passionate lovers. So with that as background, to find out how good your relationship is, spend 10 minutes completing the Relationship Workout program, Stage 1, Assess Overall Fitness, available on relationshipworkout.com. You'll not only receive a baseline grade for how good your relationship is, but you'll see where your relationship falls in the RGQ matrix. So that completes our discussion, how to evaluate how good your relationship is from an analytical perspective. In the next episode, we'll explore understanding how good your relationship is from an emotional perspective.